Hi, I'm Scott. And I'm Seth. And this is Track Walking. About five seconds into that intro, I realized you should have done the intro. To I know, but I but you started and I was like, ha, Scott did it wrong. It's I, awesome. was, I was going to like point to you and see if you picked it up quick enough. but No, I would have ignored you. It would have been great. <laughs> Okay, so I'm supposed to do so. This is this is going to be another. Obviously, when we get into this, you'll realize this is obviously. another one of, of of my ideas. I'll start by telling a story. Um, last week, uh, prior to Thanksgiving, my wife wanted to do like a family thing because everybody's here. My daughter was home from college, and she's like, "We should do a family thing." So we went and went to one of those parks that's got lights up and music going, and we're it's very festive. Like, Before we like did Christmas that, we went. Lights? Yeah, like Christmas lights. Yeah, yeah, so okay. they take it was an arboretum, and they decorated it with a billion lights. Yeah, and, I wasn't sure if you guys were all on LSD or what. So I just, as a matter of fact, I was talking to my daughter about that. There was <laughs> there was this one uh-huh. this one particular thing, and I was like, this would be so much better on mushrooms. And she's like, or worse. I'm like, that's the thing. You never know. I like I like taking chances. Yeah, that's not true at all. So before we went to the psychedelic Christmas light arboretum thing, um, we went to uh, a hole in the wall Vietnamese restaurant that my wife found online, primarily because it was like two miles away from where we were going to be. Um, and this is like a strip mall. This is strip mall Vietnamese food. There's, there's aside from the fact that they had the most beautiful goldfish in the goldfish tank, there's nothing terribly special about it. Um, got a bowl of pho. It was great the end of the meal um they brought us fortune cookies which i feel like i mean i know that fortune cookies aren't really like chinese chinese food they're american chinese food but now they've somehow become american vietnamese food it's like anything remotely like what we would consider eastern culture yeah just throw a fortune cookie in it so the dude threw a handful of fortune cookies at us and of course my kids love fortune cookies so they anybody does so they grabbed them and and i got one because the guy could count, and uh, so he gave us six. And I opened mine up, and and I got a fortune. It's going to be the the whole topic of the show, because when I read it, I knew it had to be a topic of the show. This, and I, this and is I actually, what's happened I, to our lives: is this podcast seeps into weird corners of just normal things. Well, it's like racing. You ever meet somebody? Like I, I was talking to somebody once, and they're like. Do all your shirts have cars on them? I was like, yeah, maybe. It was <laughs> mom. It was, it was like, yeah. So like everything I do is race cars or bikes or apparently now the the show. And so I open up the fortune cookie and it says it only gets better when you get better. Confucius say it only get better. Yeah, and I was that's in, in it. You can't say that. And if I mean it was it was it was. It was my fortune cookie, but it felt very like aimed at me. I was like, dude, this is this is like this is like the show. We gotta do a show about this fortune cookie. <laughs> you felt seen or you felt called out. I did. I felt like 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 when somebody folded that up in the fortune cookie factory, they were like, This this fortune has destiny, even though they were probably just doing thousands of them. So so it only gets better when you get better. What do you think about that, Scott? 
you've been you've been plotting this for a while. You only gave me a few hours of uh, notice, so I think you get to go first. I, I and I know okay. you have multiple trains of thought, so start with one. We'll go for. I do so. So if we if we take it apart, we start with the first word. It. What is it? Jesus. That's the problem with these fortunes. Is is they could be anything. So if we do racing, like it is racing, right? And so racing only gets better when you get better. And and that's probably true. Like like is racing more fun when you're better at it? Or podcasting. Podcasting, that's true. It could also be podcasting, but let's do it is racing at some point. Okay. Right now. Okay. So so you I assume over the last especially 3 years you uh in in a self-evaluation would would say you're better at racing than you were when you started. Yes. Yeah? Yeah. Do you think racing is better now that you are better at it? I'm enjoying it more. Yeah? Maybe. Yeah, I think I'm enjoying it more. Why? I was having a pretty good time at the beginning, I'll be honest. But it was more like, oh my God, I didn't die. That was so cool. <laughs> I'm a race car driver for real. <laughs> Fighting that thing? the literal back of the pack. Um, what was the question? <laughs> the, do, do you think it's better now that you're better? Would you, is, is, that a, is that a truthful statement when it comes to racing? I, I don't know. Um, I think being better at it, I kind of define as kind of my awareness. Like I'm able to be aware of more things. I'm able to not freak out as much, which is nice. Um, for everyone. Yeah. For everyone involved. Um, mostly Becky and, yeah, kind of the additional awareness and things has kind of made me a faster, quicker driver. But at the same time, like I'm, I'm still having fun battles with people, like I was at the beginning, just at a different part in the field, going a different speed. Um. So in in that regard, you know, depends on. You know, I'm sure we're going to talk about this in a few words. But, uh, yeah, the whole better thing. I think I'm a better race car driver. But do I enjoy it more? I don't think so. Okay. Because I enjoyed it quite a bit when I started. Yeah. So you you mentioned you're farther up in the field, yeah? Well, so right about the same place as year one. There's just more cars involved. I would argue that your competition, the the people you're directly racing against right now are yes. better than the people you're directly racing against at the beginning. Yes. How do you feel about the fact that the people around you are better? It's tough. It's hard. Um, I don't want to say it makes it harder to enjoy. It's just, again, kind of the focus needs to be there. Um, the car needs to be there in order to you know, kind of be where we have been, you know, there's a lot more things to keep in mind now, uh, with the car and with the driving and things like that. So it's the workload I feel like has increased 
as we've progressed. And so that, I don't want to say it takes a toll, but, you know, it's certainly a price of admission, part of the price of, of admission that we have to do. Yeah, you're, you have an expectation on yourself. Yeah. And that, that carries weight. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it was like when you're when you're starting and you can just like, I'm here, I'm on the grid. I, you know, yeah. I took the green and I took the checkers. I didn't boop anybody and yeah, it's finished. Yeah. And now if like you need more out of the race now. Yeah. And that's, and that's the part that sucks, but I think channeling it into kind of the appropriate place because it was not this season, but previous season, I was much more, you know, expectations were more focused around finishing position. Um, like kind of on ex- external forces and things that I couldn't really control rather than our individual performance among those people we were racing with. So that's that's kind of helped me at least put my energies and my expectations into something that I have some control over terms of my personal performance rather than my personal performance and 30 or 40 other cars and how they do and how they're prepped and yeah and there's all of that yeah i mean i i just i can't go into a race weekend saying yep i definitely want to be in the teens if not better um yeah but it who's going to show up um you know what have they done to their cars since then have they practiced there? It's too too many things. Yeah. So so what if it at the beginning? Mm-hmm. Because how you do anything is how you do everything. Mm. What if it at the beginning is like your job? God, I, I, we talked about this right before the show. <laughs> yeah, we 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 alluded to it, except I knew it was coming, and you didn't know I was gonna like. Yep pounce on you about it but but just just holistically sort of as you go from a you know 22 year old kid who like if you show up on time and you do what you're told everybody is very happy with you for the day and there's a point in your career that that that's not enough people expect more out of you you can't show up to a job at 40 for the most part if you've advanced through time and just be like, I'm here, what do you want me to pick up? Yeah, for me, I think how I earn an income has, I mean, I've gone from radically different careers and paths, um, but it's more in how I've taken meaning out of work or put meaning into work. Um, that is to say I don't very much anymore. And part of that feels like a loss to me. Like I used to take my work, um, you know, some of my previous careers very seriously. Like I really threw myself into them really like gave them my heart and my energy and, and all that. But it 
also kind of makes you a slave again to things that you don't really have control over. Um, especially in the kind of work that I have done in the past, you just, you have control over your reaction, but you don't really have control over your job or like what it's going to look like on a day to day basis. So really for me, it's been kind of taking work less seriously almost don't take it quite so personally. It's it. My job's fine. Um, it's pays me decent and it gives me the flexibility to, uh, do the personal things that I need and want to do. And I think there's value in that. Do you think some of that nonchalance comes from the fact that you feel like you can do it well? Yeah, I guess. Um, although there are still days where I think I'm terrible at what I do. <laughs> um, That's how Scott does anything. Is how Scott does everything. Though. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I think part of it, part of it may be may have come with age, just a little bit less eager to like need to prove myself. Although that still happens from time to time. Um, and just like I, I know the job, I know what's expected, and I just go and do it. So since I haven't had a job, well, I had a job a couple years ago, a year ago. We're not going to count that. My job has been raising kids, right? Yeah, it's kind of important. And it is important. I mean, to them, it's super important. Um, so the thing the one thing I would say about parenting is, is parenting is like, uh, is outcome based. Um, if your kid ends up in jail for a horrible thing that they did, people will judge you as a parent. Even if your kid did that in their twenties after they haven't lived with you for years, sure. based on choices that they made in their life. Okay. But the converse of that is if you've got a kid who is, you know, a doctor and is saving lives, the overwhelming majority of the things that got them there into their into their great position were all done when they were making their own choices. They had to make, they had to decide to do homework. They had to decide to go to med school. They had to decide to do all of these things themselves. And so the, the things that... That produce that that produce this kid in the end, the outcome based, which is when everybody's like, you know, like when somebody we've got a nice four year old, yeah, you can take some credit for that, right? Like, I taught him not to bite you. You're welcome. Um, right. But but when you've got grown kids or almost grown kids, most of the things that people compliment you on or give you dirty looks on about your kids are actually your kids making their own decisions. And that's, that's sort of a loss of control, or I guess you never had that control, but, but, you know, we talked about parenting changing, but that's a, it's a weird thing to be like, cool, I still have to take care of them, but the good and bad things are things that they decide for themselves. So even Um, if you get better as a parent, the job of parenting doesn't get better? It always changes, but there's not it just goes away which like part? 
like like the job of parenting sort of just goes away but you still get judged on it it's yeah i admit i haven't fully fleshed this one out does it ever because my mom i just saw my mom okay my mom's definitely still a mom it's changed for sure right because i'm a i'm a grown-ass man most most days We'll, we'll say that but she's definitely still my mom like there's definitely like looks and she knows by now, like there's not a damn thing she can do about it, but there's still looks, there's still comments. Right. For sure. I don't, because I don't, uh, I don't think think you're ever going to stop like being Seth, the dad. No, I don't think you ever glasses. You look too, you know, in, in, in my daughter's been, my oldest daughter's been away from home for almost four years now. And, you know, I still have, I still have opinions. Um, I still yep. want to have opinions about things and um, she'll tell you, I, uh, I show I care through car maintenance, which is she, she comes home and I take care of her car and taking care of her car is the way that I take care of her. Um, and uh, I judge myself by whether her car is in good mechanical shape. Like as a parent, I judge other parents by whether or not their kids' cars are crappy. Okay. okay. So, yeah, it's a, it's a weird thing. Um, but the the other the other part of it only gets better when you get better is there's a there's a life there's a mental health there's a it, it can have some pretty significant like that particular fortune cookie fortune can be really really heavy if you're in a bad spot. Sure. Um. Yeah, they could make it seem hopeless. It it could make it seem hopeless. Sure. Yeah, and the other thing is it it could it it really puts a weight on you that may not be productive in those circumstances. Yeah. Um to say that that whatever's going on with you, whatever crap is going on in your life, it can only get better if you do whatever it is to fix it. And this was always a, uh, this is always a thing in theology. You know, it's a lot of people would say, you know, it's, it's not God who changes. It's our understanding of God. Um, and I, <laughs> I definitely don't want to jump down that rabbit hole right now. But if you take this fortune cookie seriously, um, which I'm trying not to as much, but if you take it as like, it only gets better when you get better. So are you going to change yourself so that other people change? Are you going to change yourself? So your situation, things around you change because you don't have that power. I mean that, that can seem like it's, it's leading you down a path that again, you just have no control over. Or is this, it only gets better when you get better. By you getting better, do you realize that whatever it is, is kind of outside of your control? And maybe it's your attitude or your outlook on it that needs to change. That's the question, isn't it? I, I, 
I mean, it, yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe it does get better. We're getting, we're getting in the weeds here. <laughs> yeah. No, no, the weeds are where we belong, Scott. That's yeah. the thing. So that was the thing when I, when I, when I read this and I immediately put it to racing because you know the the thing is we all want to be better at racing, and the since we since we chop the word it to tiny pieces here we can chop the word better to tiny pieces. Yeah. Because like like what is, I mean we can we can do like you if we if we time trial, if we do time attack. Better is really easy. It's a number, right? Unless, of course, we made the car two seconds faster and we actually only got one second faster. Sure. Because then we're faster, but we're actually worse. That's not many, not many time attack drivers quantify that that much, I think. Like when, when a change is made, I don't think a lot of people go to the track saying, I w- should be this much faster, but I only get, went this much faster. Like I'm not... I'm not sure that's a thing. It's like this is probably why I only ever did like three time trial events because I get philosophical about you know where should I be? Why am I not there? Okay. Maybe I am awesome. I don't really know. <laughs> well, yeah, and the when it gets better, it no, it it gets better when, when it, you get better. It when you get better, it gets better. No, it only gets better when you get better. It's right in front of me. It only gets better when you get better. And so, and the whatever it is, racing or whatever, like I would want to be very clear about what better is, and if that's better for you, if that's better for people around you, like because maybe it needs to get worse for you for it to get better for others. <laughs> no, that that's like I, if you're dive bombing people. Right. To get position. Like maybe you need to back off, finish a couple positions back so that the racing can be better for everybody else. I mean, arguably it would be better racing without you being an a-hole. Uh yeah. We've we've seen that racing out there. Yeah. Yeah. That's a thing. Um and the and the you get better, I think, even before this cookie comes to your mind, I think you you have to have some sense of introspection like you have to have the ability to say one i'm not perfect because like this would seem absurd if i was the man it only gets better when i get better what do you mean if i get better i'm great I'm great, and uh, yeah ev- ev- it's everybody ev- else is an able. right it's everybody else that needs to change not me um, and then the thoughtfulness and perspective of, all right, so how do I actually get better? Because it's, it's, it's a hard thing to nail down even at driving. Like we've, we've talked to people about, you know, what's one thing you're good at and people right. have a hard time coming up with a good thing. Well, what are you not good at? People will kind of come up with all different answers, but I don't think all the time that's what they're actually need improving on is whatever they say they need to improve on. 
because I don't think that we have the ability to see our skills and talents uh, clearly or at a view where we can see all the pieces connecting because maybe it's not our, um, let's say, our throttle control that needs work. Maybe it's our entry that actually needs work. I mean, because if we're getting tail happy every time coming out of a corner, we can think, man, you know, I'm just getting back to throttle a little too soon. Maybe the car needs work. You know, how, how do you know what actually needs to get changed? How many times have you watched somebody spend a weekend trying to break later and later thinking that's the answer to a fast lap most people (laughs) not i don't want to say most a lot of people think a lot of people breaking late is the key to speed right so we we're in racing i think we're pretty bad at evaluating um what we need yes i think as human beings we're pretty shit at it (laughs) yeah that was the that was the next thing is that we're we're probably pretty bad at at I don't say knowing what it is, but when we say it only gets better when you get better, there's uh like what are you even trying to improve to get better? Like we finding that path, right, is, is always hard in life, right? Um you you know, when you're when you're trying to make good financial decisions as a young adult. There's a lot of forest for the trees things. We see this in in our hobby a lot. Um, people making people getting a good deal on a car that has absurd consumables, um, or you know people people tracking cars that they're making payments on, um, which is not necessarily a, a terrible thing if you've got a way to deal with that, but people get semi-ruined um, or put into a bad place. Yeah. Yeah. We, um, we know, we know a guy. We do know a guy. And, and people make those decisions not knowing they're the wrong decisions until afterwards. So, you remember the Matrix, right? Yeah, the well, first one. Somebody else was like, "Oh, they're coming out with a fourth one." I'm like, fourth one? Are we that far into this?" Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna see it. I'm. I'm nervous. Anyway, but <laughs> the uh, the Oracle had up on her wall, "Know thyself," right? As like one of the foundational things, "Know thyself," and it seems. It's a it's a great like um, self help kind of slogan. Just you know, do better at knowing yourself. Right. <laughs> Just work harder at it. Yeah. But what I what I find is it's people who are close to us who actually have deeper insights into us. Maybe not a complete picture, but deeper insights into us what's important to us, what we like, what we are not good at. 
And most often, it's sometimes also the strangers who we interact with um, when we are at our worst. Those are the people who get to know us very well, even though they may not remember our name. And we can talk about the waiter that you cuss out because they forgot your uh, French fries. You Have you ever cussed at a waiter? Me? No, absolutely not. No. I've gotten Kurt a few times. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, somebody who cuts you off in traffic. Uh, those guys, I, I curse at those guys. Yeah. And women. Equal opportunity on the road. Yeah, it's a, it's a midwestern thing where where guys is a non gendered term. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. Yeah, says so guy who lives in Texas. Um, yeah, and yeah, it's it's those people who may not even like be able to pick us out of a lineup, have no clue who we actually are, but we show them our true selves. And in racing, you know, we we talked about it with data. Data knows us better than we know ourselves sometimes i swore you know i stayed flat through there did you though <laughs> but I did mean, you though yeah um yeah i was i was hitting the brakes as hard as i could you say that <laughs> your longitudinal g's say otherwise um our coaches people who do video review oftentimes I'll I'll see video in car video of good friends of mine, and I'll immediately pick out something out of their driving that they just didn't even know was a thing. Um, one of them <laughs> with one of our good friends was his hand shuffling. Um, yeah, one to punch him in the mouth, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I guess I never noticed. I actually did it that much." And it's like, "Yeah, that's a thing that needs to change immediately." Right. And so again, like sometimes, like if you think, you know, like how much you turn the wheel and, you know, my steering is just really choppy, you know, so I need to work on smoothing that out. Well, yes, but if you didn't shuffle, I bet all of that could change a whole lot better. And so sometimes you need an out, you have to have an outside perspective, I think. Not sometimes, you have to have an outside perspective. And I think you have to invite that um, more often than we typically do. I think that's the hard part because we all like to tell ourselves we're good at introspection. Like, no, no, I like I'm good at self. I'm good at self evaluation. I'm good at, at telling myself the things I do badly. Um, and I think the fact that you tell yourself you do things badly all the time doesn't mean you're good at identifying the things that you're doing bad. No, it just means you're good at protecting yourself. Right. Good at lying to yourself. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's a tough thing to swallow for me, for, for a whole bunch of people. Yeah. Um, I, you know, in reading a, a book on an upcoming guest, um, I I'd thought that my break application um, was getting pretty good. Um, I'm pretty sure it's crap now. And I, and, and I had, I I don't want to say like I'd cross that out of my mind as like, yep, mastered that one. Let's move on. But there is a hierarchy on any given track day of things that you can think about and work on. And that just wasn't really in my 
brain as something to focus on and work on. Oh, but I I think that's something I need to revisit. (laughs) But that brings up the, the fact that in, in racing in life, there there's things that you can go, "Ah, I might be doing this wrong, but the moments where you need to be practicing them are so filled with other stuff Mm, that you become bad at practice. It, in the moment practicing that because you have to give up something to do that right like to really focus on break application you need to not be as worried about maybe how your corner exit is going to be like it'll all flow together eventually but but you need to allow yourself to make some mistakes yes. with break application which will affect the whole rest of the corner yes um and so you need to go, okay, I'm going to work on this thing that is important at the detriment to my lap times and my corner exit and my other things with the goal that I will, will do that at some point. Yeah. It's the, it's the Tiger Woods basically learning how to swing a club again. Right. After um, he was already a champion. Yeah, and, and we do that a lot. I try to convince people to do that a lot in motorcycles. My kid's actually the only one that I'm I'm able to like smack her on the head and get her to slow down and do things occasionally. Um, part of that's taking the data off the bike so she can't see lap times. Yep. Um, and then saying, you know, go out and, and, and just try this one thing over and over. Like, doesn't matter how fast you're going. It, it's about you know, listening to the bike and listening to your body and, and, you know, you're not trying to go fast. You're trying to go fast enough to do what you're doing. Um, and you're playing and playing and playing and then put the data back on the bike and see what sort of effect it had. Um, and I think we're spoiled by the, by how many laps we get to do. Um, so like we went out, uh, a couple days ago and we brought her, her Ovale, which is the little GP bike she has. We purposely left the data at home. And she goes, I don't want to know what lap times I'm riding. I just want to make friends with the bike again. Um, Seems reasonable. But you can do that if it costs you $0 to go do it. And the track is six six miles away, right? Um, well, and this was something we, we talked a lot about when I was a competitive water skier is... What I did and what a lot of people did is we only skied the slalom course constantly. Like if we were skiing, we were skiing the course. And so effectively, we were always going for a lap time. Um, Now in water skiing, you know, you shorten up the rope. Once you've reached your maximum speed, you start shortening up the rope, which changes a lot of things (laughs) um, at very distinct line lengths. And it was something we we talked about is a lot of times you get so focused on like the buoys, getting around the buoy, making it to the next one, setting up right, getting through the gates correctly, et cetera, et cetera, that you kind of forget the timing and the rhythm of everything because you're just worried about making it to the next one. And so all of a sudden it kind of became almost too much of a slogan is like go free ski like go out on a actual lake not one that somebody dug and is like 50 feet across like actually go out on a lake with real gators out there 
and just ski, you know, not just six turns, like put 20 together, you know, drop, take a breather, go back, do another 20 or 30. Just see, just get the ski under you, see how it feels. Um, and this is like racing. I mean, if every time you go to the track, you're competing, that's, that doesn't allow the bandwidth to learn more or develop more fundamental skills because you are more likely, I think, to focus on outcomes rather than inputs. Do you go to the track so you don't allow yourself those sessions to just feel the car and drive for fun? Um, Yes, we last year we got a couple of those. We got several of those weekends. Um, but it's also hard because it costs money. Right. <laughs> um, it's time, and especially with the way we had last year. Um, yeah, just getting out to the track and like having fun, not competing, uh, was tough, but. Again, this last season, I think what um, I did a lot better was going to the track and not going out to go wheel-to-wheel race in practice. Like, go out and practice, get the car under you, feel it, pay attention, soak up your markers again, start getting into it. Same, I go into qualifying one with a practice mindset. Like, get smoother, start honing stuff in and yeah, you know, we're going to try to go quicker, but we're still trying to figure out the car still trying to get it. Um, cause we just don't have that much practice time. Right. So yeah. Yeah. So, so Scott needs to find more, I want to call them fun days because they can be yeah. like having fun can be, useful enough that it's it's like a a productive thing and i think it's going to be good to drive mooncake on our practice weekend next year and on the one lap one because it's not my car um and i don't know it nearly as well as becky does so the again the expectation of performance is going to be much lower for me because i'm not familiar with it it is a slow car, and it's the one it lap. A, it is a slow car. <laughs> and and it's the one lap, so it's like we're going to tracks we've never been to before. Um, right. You know, this next year we're going to Hallett, which I've driven before, but I'm pretty sure that's going to be a Becky day. That's um, such a cool track. It's, it's a, a neat track. dope track. It's, so I take that track, like take Gingerman, and then put Grattan on top of it. Like it's right in between those two. Yeah. Um, But yeah, Hallett's going to be her day. And then we're doing Putnam Park at the end, which we're going to hopefully get a practice day on. But that's a her day too. So all my tracks are blind. And yeah, we'll, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Smiles for miles, (laughs) I hope. It'll be fun. Yeah. And that's, so when you talk about switching cars like that, um, that is one thing that uh, I do a lot of in bikes. Is something I really wish I could do more. I really 
I want to get more friends' cars. Yeah. And, and, you know, I have a garage full of bikes and there are days where I purposely don't take the race bike out. Um, I take a bike that is, that is slower and has worse tires and has other things. And I go out and I just, um, I equate it to when I used to, to downhill ski, there's, there's days where you just go make turns and you're just yes. like, if the hill went on forever, you would just turn and turn and flow and move. And, yeah. and it's like dancing and you can do that. I can do that on a little bike on a track, especially if, if it's a day when there's nobody there, but me, um, which I get a chance to just go literally just go ride and just go, go dance. Um, and it puts me in a good headspace. I don't think it necessarily makes me faster, but it really makes me love the sport. Sure. Um, yeah, I, um, one of my friends, Gordon, did throw me the keys to his uh, GLTC car at Mid-Ohio the last weekend where uh, we went to just go instruct. And uh, we called the Battleship TL because it's an Acura TL. Um, and things not slow. Uh, and he had all the ballast out of it and all the tune in it. And it's just like, yeah, take it out for a couple laps. And, you know, my second full lap, you know, it probably should have come in, but I came down the front straight and I just stuck my hand out the window with one up. I'm like, give me one more. Give me just one, one more. Um, you know, cause again, like turn one, I, cause the TL, it's got some wheelbase to it. It's a big car. Um, and it, but it's, it's faster in a straight line than my Miata and it took turn one with ease. Like it, breathe of the throttle get back on it and i think he had something like a quarter inch of toe out in the rear um, oh god <laughs> yeah I'm, i mean the thing going down the back straight like if it's almost like a slalom ski and a lot of you probably have no idea what i'm talking about but it's like if it's not on edge it wants to find an edge and that's exactly right. what this car was if you're trying to go straight it wants to turn <laughs> so it's like you constantly have to be like turning left or right and then it's happy it's fine right you can't be going straight my accord's a little bit like that the street alignment i have on it um it always hunts yeah. um constantly hunts and that was um recently teaching sonia to drive um she started with the accord and then, um, so she's like, cool, I can drive a manual driving in the stop and go traffic that's back and forth. The high school be terrible. She goes, so I want to learn to drive an automatic as well, in case that's what I drive. Um, and so we went out in my new Kia and she's like, this thing drives in a straight line. Like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> thing likes to go straight. And she's like, what is going on? It just goes straight. And I was like, oh yeah, the Accord kind of has an alignment thing that does that. So, Yeah. And I think an alignment like that teaches you also to the whole idea of like lead the car where you want it to go. Like before right. you turn, turn like it, the slightest amount of steering input does a lot more for a car than you think it does. We're getting off right. topic. I know, but it's like, especially if you've never driven a front wheel drive car with all the toe out in the rear, um, it's, it'll just, violently remind you of just like the little bit really helps the car set to right. uh, go into a corner 
No, this is this is all it. It's about being. It's about being better. And I think, um, being more aware of things makes you better as a race car driver. If nothing else, you understand that that TL next to you, when they turn in, they can turn in. Yeah. Like it, it's it's going to be a thing. She, she gonna rotate. <laughs> right. And and so you you become more like. Like in real life, you become aware of the people around you. Um, sometimes that's a good way, good reason to get to know your coworkers if you're at a place like that. Because as you as you know them as people, you you get to understand a little bit more about how they go through their day when they're around you, and um, it, it lets you be more compassionate and understanding and and all that thing. Is is the more we know any given people, the more we understand people. Um, the better we are at treating them as people. And that requires you to step outside yourself. Right. Um, which you know, was something we talked about earlier. Yeah. I think it's good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm telling you, you didn't think this, this fortune was going to, was going to do this. Did I, you? I still have a hard time that you got a fortune cookie at a, at, I, at a Vietnamese restaurant. Vietnamese, and that was a, yeah, that's, that don't, that's not right. No, but this is again. This is why I'm, I'm like something in life is uh, is there's a there's a force which is plotting to have me continue to do this show. Like no matter what, it's just I get fortune cookies with this fortune at a Vietnamese restaurant to to have a show topic. Come on, highly improbable, not impossible, definitely highly improbable. Indeed, and and here we are. Well, if you get so the, a fortune cookie, let us know. <laughs> yeah, we would love to to discuss if you have any fortune cookies that that pertain to driving. You know that game with your fortune cookie. You always say like in my pants at the end. Well, of I was. It. I thought you said in in bed. I've never done the in my pants thing. I mean, it's the same thing. Yeah, but we we can just do that with racing instead. of... <laughs> Instead of in my right. hands. So just add at racing to the end of it. So yeah, read read the fortune cookie again. It only gets better when you get better at, at racing. racing. I yeah, it's gonna be a thing. Yeah, so now I would love for people to throw uh, fortune cookies with at racing yeah. at the end of them. Yes. Um that would make me super happy. We are at track walking podcasts on Instagram and Facebook, track walking chats on Facebook. Um, yeah. So reach out, throw us your weirdest fortune cookie. I think that would be fun. I bet it's relevant for the two of us here. I'm Scott and I'm Seth. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks.